Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Duke Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Live around the world on that thing we call the Internet and uh, live across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. It is the Michael Duke Show. Good morning to you. It is Monday, a little bit of a chilly Monday. I was just thinking about my wife's plants. Uh, we went plant shopping last weekend and uh, she put them outside last uh, yesterday, day before, and, and now it's like 34 degrees outside. <laughs> I hope they, God, I hope they survived. That's a, that's $150 of plants you'll never get back. Um, anyway, uh, it is another bright and uh, semi-cloudy Monday here uh, on the big radio program, broadcasting from the radio ranch out here on the Canick Goose Bay Road. Just another, just another beautiful day. I mean, I don't know. Is it really a beautiful? I guess it's a beautiful day. Any day above ground is a good day. Let's put it that way. Any day above ground is a good day. The problem is, of course, that uh, we really haven't had um, uh, we we really haven't had uh, any really good uh, summer yet. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking, it got a little bit sunshiny on Friday and then Saturday and Sunday, kind of cloudy all day. Um, I'm waiting for summer to actually arrive, arrive, right? Oh man, I'm just, I'm, I'm just waiting for it to show up and be here and ready to go. Uh, all right. Well, welcome to the program. It is Monday. And a couple things uh, to of note for folks. Uh, first and foremost, a reminder <clears throat> that on Friday I will be uh, on vacation. Uh, it's Memorial Day weekend, and as I normally do on Memorial Day and Labor Day, I've turned it into a four-day weekend by taking the previous Friday off, which means on Thursday... <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have uh, some firearms discussion on Friday. It'll be Firearms Thursday. Doesn't have the nearly the ring that it does on Friday, but hey, that's just how it's going to be. I got to get my fix before the end of the week. And since I'm going to be on vacay on Friday, um, doing a honeydew list. Oh, man, so much honeydew list. Uh, doing a honeydew list. Uh, I will not be uh, I will not be on the air on Friday and Thursday. We'll be doing a little firearm stuff. It'll be a mix and match. So no Willy Waffle this week, unfortunately, but that's OK. We'll we'll just make up for it the following week. Uh, that's housekeeping. Number one, housekeeping. Number two is this morning. It's a very special special day. Today is a special day. Uh, today is the day of the Alaska Radio Auction. 
So for those of you who are listening in the interior, you get four hours of Dukes today. Now, the first two hours is me just being me on the show. The second two hours is the Alaska Radio Auction, where we're going to be going over all the items that are going to be available starting at 8 a.m. at alaskaradioauction.com. Uh, a lot of time we've done this in the past with the stations on the peninsula, but it's a Monday. Usually we do it on Saturday. This is a Monday. So if you're listening down on the peninsula, you can stay. I'm going to leave my live stream up at michaeldukeshow.com so you can listen to it if you want to, uh, to hear all the great stuff. Or you could just log on at alaskaradioauction.com. Starting at 8 a.m., everything goes live. Uh, so this morning, if you want to go check it out beforehand, you could see all the great deals. And we've got trips on the Alaska Railroad. We've got fishing charters. we got uh, restaurant certificates, hotel stays from everywhere from Homer all the way up to Fairbanks. Um, a variety of great stuff, some big ticket items, um, an Argo is up for bid, all different kinds of stuff. So just go to alaskaradioauction.com if you want to check it out. Uh, and I will be broadcasting that for the interior starting at 8 a.m. Right after the show, I take a quick uh, water break and then we come back and we are ready to rock and roll for uh, a good two hours of discussion about all the good stuff that's available on the auction this morning. So 8 to 10 a.m. this morning, we'll be doing the auction for the interior stations. And uh, it's going to be it's going to be good stuff. All right. So that's uh, that's where we're at. That's the housekeeping. I will. Uh, let me start off the show for today. Um, I'll be honest, I. After the whole Friday debacle and the discovery of the concurrence vote and everything else, and I was so upset, it just, I get drained, right? Like, you can only maintain that level of rage for so long. I wasn't raging, but I was upset. I was, you know, I was frustrated. But you can only maintain that level of agitation for so long before you just, like, drop into a heap and, like, I can't take it anymore. So this weekend, I mostly um, just kind of, uh, you know, I just kind of mostly pulled the plug on on my on my frustration and anger and, and thoughts about it. But yesterday afternoon, I started thinking about it some more um, because, you know, I'm getting prepped for the show. I'm thinking about it. I do a little preparation for the show uh, the day before, um, you know, on Sunday, I start thinking about it and putting stuff together. And the more I thought about it, the more uh, I'm thinking, you know, first of all, this here's the here's the here's the first part we knew that this session um was going to be rough we knew it was we knew that the fix was in before we even got started right i mean really all we had to do was look at the election results look at the breakdown of the uh, legislative, uh, you know, leadership and what the new caucuses look like. We knew this was going to be a total poo parade from the very beginning, right? Now, maybe along the line, some of us kind of lost sight of that, and uh, maybe we got a little bit of hope that some things were going to happen. Um, but I think in the long run, the more I think about it, the more I reflect on it, they. Um, uh, the more I realized that um, this was not unexpected, okay? 
So not unexpected and and really I don't know if I should I don't know if we should say this is the best we could hope for, but at this point this is the best this is the best that we could hope for. Um and I got to say that um while I am disappointed I am unsurprised at the ultimate outcome. Now where my agitation is still running high, where my agitation on this is still running high, is on the fact that at the end, we knew that the Senate was playing games, right? They were playing Game of Thrones type games here at the very end. And even if the outcome was preordained, even if we could, you know, even if even if we knew that it was a losing game in the end, I believe that the House majority should have stood strong if for no other reason they should have stayed strong and they should have put a conference committee together. Even if let me let me preface this, even if the outcome was actually worse than the budget we ended up with now. And here's why. Because we have vindicated the methods of Burt Stedman and company by giving in to the proverbial hostage situation blackmail that that we had going on. To me, it is a point of it is the long term gain of not giving in to that versus the short term gain of a one year this budget is a problem for one year. That's, I mean, that's, that's the problem because we have unintended, right? We always talk about the unintended consequences of laws and actions and everything else. And I think that we are, uh, I think that we are in the middle of part of that problem right now is that we're not thinking about the long-term consequences of what does this mean for next year? Now, some have said, well, now the House will just hold on to their budget to the last minute and they'll do it right back. But, I mean, you've set up kind of a a weird – here's the thing. You've taught them that um, – you've taught them that this kind of blackmail works. Not only the this kind of blackmail, but the coercive tactics at the very end of that first day of the special session – where they basically took uh, took the check the weather in the room, check the you know check the 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 feelings of the legislators, and put thirty million dollars in projects in, and then all of a sudden viola, everybody's voting for it, right? And so while it's understood that we were going to have kind of a you know for conservatives and smaller government conservatives, this session was going to be a disappointment from the very get go. We should have, we should have at least made a showing, a st- we should have stood our ground at least at the very end on the, on the, basically the strong arm tactics of what was coming out of the Senate. Now, I did get a quote uh, this morning from uh, my friend Kevin McCabe, who is my representative. Um, I did not reach out to speak to him or anything else over the weekend because, again, Friday, I was very agitated. I didn't understand. I wanted to cool off. I did. I asked him for a quote this morning because Kevin voted for concurrence, 
And I will tell you what he has written here this morning to me because I asked him, do you have a quote this morning for the concurrence on the show? And here's what he had to say. He said, at the end of the day, this is what a non-binding caucus looks like. I was a no vote until my caucus decided to go the other way, to which I would argue that not all the caucus members decided that. A fraction of them did. And that did swing the majority. I understand that. But that's it. I had argued for not concurring all week and very vocally, but once I realized that I had lost, I looked at the $10 million plus worth of projects that I had supported, the Senate Conference Committee members, the, uh, and the Senate Conference Committee members, the fact that my district in the Matsu had no senator on the conference committee because there was no chance that they were going to put Mike Schauer on the conference committee. He said, I decided that I should support what I had negotiated. The ones that the Senate had just put back in. You lose much credibility for next year's negotiation if you don't for vote for the project that you negotiated in. So he negotiated for some projects. And in the end, he basically says it would have been in poor form or poor taste to then vote against what you just negotiated for. Which I can, I, I can, I, I can understand that. I understand that. Uh, the uh, Well, let me finish. He said, I was the very last person to vote. The no vote from the team was my first priority, but once that battle was lost, my priorities shifted to the next best thing. The vote to not concur would have sent a message. But keep in mind that last year, when I voted for concurrence and the others did not, it went to conference committee and we lost one-third of the PFD and the Valley itself lost seven trooper positions. So I understand this is a difficult um, position. And maybe Kevin and I will discuss this later this week uh, or something. Uh, but I'm going to take issue with only two things that he said here. Again, I'm not in the legislature for a very specific reason. I would not get along with people because I'm bullheaded um, and I kind of sometimes don't care what people think. Right. That's just kind of who I am. Um, I would not. This is why I was slightly ineffective on the Fairbanks North Star Borough Assembly because I just I don't care. I'm not negotiating for, I'm again, it's just me. That's why I would make a horrible legislator. He said uh, there was a couple things. Um, I, I would just say the one thing that I disagree with, and he said, I was a no vote until my caucus decided to go the other way. Well, the caucus didn't decide. Members of your caucus decided to join the minority, so the caucus lost. I... I, I personally, I would have still considered myself to be a no vote. The only other thing that I disagree with is because he points out the fact I was the very last person to vote. Well, the vote, you can see very clearly, the vote was um, 26 to 14. So the yeas were 26, the nays were 14. At that point, it was soundly in the yes category. If Kevin had voted no, it would have been 25 to 15. So even from a perspective of standing strong, you could have still stood strong in that. Now, maybe there's maybe the ramifications on a multi-year deal where you've got to work with these people next year. Maybe that makes a big enough difference. I mean, Lord knows folks in the in the Senate are small minded enough to be very petty and punitive against people who vote against them. We've seen that with Sheer, uh, Shower, uh, uh, Hughes and uh, and Myers. But I don't know. It's a it's a tough it's a tough vote, okay. I mean, it's a tough vote. You've made it. It wouldn't have mattered either way. He could have voted yes or no, and it still would have passed. 
I personally would have voted no just to stick a finger in the eye of the Senate to say you can't do it. But I also understand his argument to say I negotiated all this stuff. It would be in poor taste to vote against it, yada, yada. And he does have to. I mean, I agree with the point where he says once I lost that first battle, my priority shifted to the next best thing, which, of course, is his constituency. He's got to, you know, so I understand it. May not agree with it, but I understand it. So maybe we'll have a discussion with Kevin on this as we go through. But I want to continue this discussion into the next segment. And I, I've got the phone lines open. So I want to see what you guys have to say today. What are your fo- feelings after everything that I just, you know, verbally throw, threw out there? What are your thoughts on this? Um, are you a little more, you know, subdued today versus Friday? Are you a little more sanguine? Or are you still mad as hell and not going to take it anymore? I want to know where you're at. So phone lines are open. 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. I'd love to hear what you have to say. I mean, let's have a conversation. These don't have to be quick calls. We can just we can have a conversation about it. I want to know what your thoughts are. Let's continue. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-Based, Free Thinking Radio. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. God, I'm really worried about my wife's plants now. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just thinking about it. I just, we got these beautiful baskets and everything else. And uh, it's a little chili burr. A little, oh, I didn't start. We had a problem with the live stream. I'm going to restart the live stream one more time. Uh, Let's see if we can get it on. Uh, Okay. I just restarted the live stream again. Hopefully that, uh, hopefully it's on and working again. Um, Okay. So uh, it's it's about 35, 34 here outside the studio. So we'll we'll hope and then it'll be good. Good. Um, let's go back over here. Um, side question: Do you like Hans Zimmer, John Williams, or Howard Shore more as a film score composer? I would say. God, that's hard. I would say Zimmer, probably. I would say it's almost in that order. Zimmer, Williams, and Shore. There you go. That's that's my my quote on there, Eskimo. Um, I'm to the point that the best we can hope for is North Korea bombing Juno, barring a small. <laughs> oh man, uh, is there a radio station in Sitka? There is, but I am not on it. You know, is it? Um, let's see. Uh, I'm still going through, I'm still going through the thing. Word salad. Um, this is Harold's comment. He started off Monday with word salad. I don't think it was word salad. I was trying to verbalize my thoughts, but you know, with a little Caesar and a, and a little bit of Parmesan cheese, that word salad tastes delicious. Thank you. Thank you for playing Harold. Um, McCabe put out his own long manifesto. Okay. 
Um, uh, I, they don't care. They don't care, Mike. I do have to agree with you though. They just caved, uh, you know, again, um, I would have too much, uh, Eskimo libertarian says I would have too much of a Ron Swanson slash it mentality as a legislature legislator that folks wouldn't like. I mean, that was where I was at. Now, of course, I was also ineffective because I was a minority of two or three, maybe even four at one time. We had kind of four people who were in the more conservative side in the assembly when I was on the assembly. I mean, that's when you're in the minority, you can be a slasher all you want. You're just not going to be able to get it done. Anthony says, last to vote, is that a viable excuse? I mean, if you're the last person to kick me in the testes, I'm still getting my McNuggets stumped on. Uh, even vote, even Foster voted not to concur. Um, if you stand as part as a liberty-based solution to the problem in this state, you have no, uh, have to vote no on the bloated budget with a 25, 75 PFD filled with trickery and poor process. I would, again, I would not disagree with that at all, James. Um, um, uh, Herder says, I read Kevin's statement. He explains very thoroughly his rationale. The way this rolled out, I understand where he's coming from. Again, I can understand the rationale and the and the reasons, um, even if I disagree with what the original, what the eventual thing is, you know, coming out. Um, let's, uh, if someone was negotiating, if someone, if someone negotiated something in the Senate budget, they would have taken place three, at least uh, days before the house concurrence vote. I mean, that's the thing. They were working on this thing behind the scenes the whole time, and then they couldn't get the concurrence. And then the next day, boom, they had $31 million in projects and they're like, boy, it's not being bought. We're not being bought, but <laughs> what, 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 um, Anyway, it's uh, and Ruffridge voted no. Ruffridge said he did not like he did not like um, to be uh, uh, to be bullied. I think I, well, I'll get to his quote here in a minute, but he basically said no for some of those same reasons. Okay, we got to jump back into it. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Like it, share, like it, follow, do all the stuff. Let's get to it. The Michael Duke Show. Seriously humorous with a pinch of intellect. <laughs> pinch of intellect. Sorry. That is humorous. Here's Michael Dukes. Okay. Phone lines are open. And uh, you're welcome to call in. 907 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. The show sponsored today, as always, by our friends at Satellite West. You can find them at SatelliteWest.com. That's where you go to stay connected from, um, you know, Sitka to Seward, from Selawick to Selden, from Chicken to China. I don't know. Wherever. Chattanooga. Chattanooga. Wherever it is that you want to stay connected, the folks at Satellite West have got you covered with a variety of equipment. Uh, whether it's phone calls or text messages or emails or just being able to surf the Internet, they've got the tools and they've got the talent to make it happen. 
Uh, check them out at SatelliteWest.com and check out all their local dealers as well. So phone lines open, 907-433-3150. I know how I feel about this now. I'm a, I'm a lot calmer. I'm a lot more, I'm a, I'm a sanguine. Um, Kevin apparently put out a, um, Kevin McCabe apparently put out a release um, or a, 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 a statement on why he voted the way that he voted. Some people agree with it. Some people, well, they may not agree with it, but they understood it. Other people say that, oh, he was bought. So, I mean, you're never going to appease everybody. I understand that. Um, but I just read you his personal comment to me. And so maybe you're like me and you're a little bit more calm, cool, and collected about it. Or maybe you're not. Maybe you're still mad as hell and not going to take it anymore. And I want to know what you have to say. I'm going to read some of the other comments from some of the other legislators as quoted in the different uh, news media outlets here in just a minute, and we will comment on them. But first, we will go to the telephones because I want to have a conversation today with you in depth about what we're talking about here. So number to call, 907-433-3150. Let's uh, go over to the telephones and see what you have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Michael. This is Carlene. How are I know how you are. I'm doing um, just, yeah, I'm doing just fine. How am I? Yeah. I grieved the entire weekend uh, over this decision. Um, I, I wondered why they just didn't adjourn and go and eat a great big meal and even have a root beer float and... Um, you know, rest and think about this. That's what I, I, I guess I just thought that's what I would have done. But maybe people wanted to get home. But the bigger play was the power. The Senate now has the power. And it makes me wonder, will they have the power over the governor also? Um, it was just a great big power play. And um, it was bullying. Um, that's what it just came to mind, Michael. Um, I w- yeah, I would uh, I would say that. Look, I think that even if we, um, even if the governor just, uh, uh, or even if the conference committee had just sat down, and even if it was a worse outcome, I agree that they should have at least. I don't think that they should have just adjourned and then taken a siesta because the work needed to get done. Look, we don't. If we can avoid a shutdown, great. Uh, if we can avoid, but this was day one of a 30 day session. You could have gone for a couple weeks going over things and doing stuff and at least not look like you capitulated quite so quickly. Um, but the problem is here yeah. is that's exactly what they've done. They've capitulated very quickly, which has shown the Senate that basically that the, uh, that the, that the house does not have the intestinal fortitude the cojones, so to speak, to push back against them, which I think sets a very, very bad precedent. Again, I don't think we would have gotten any better deal than we've got right now. I really don't. I think that what we've got is what we've got. Um, and maybe it would have been even worse if it had gone to conference committee because it would have been uh, the whole conference committee on the Senate side would have been stuffed with a big budget people. And you would have ended up probably with two out of the, well, actually three, because Delana Johnson, we're going to read a quote from her here in a second. Uh, it would have, I mean, I think it would have been probably unchanged. But the idea that somehow we're not pushing back against this behavior in the Senate, I think is uh, problematic, to say the least. Problematic. Uh, so, all right, Carlene, well, thank you for calling in this morning. I appreciate it. I think you, 
you should just not again don't worry about it anymore don't don't stress don't fret about it like you did all weekend let it go this too yeah. this too shall pass my dear this too shall pass thank you for your call let's go over to the phones and uh continue uh with your calls good morning who's this and where are you calling from randy and fairbanks randy what is uh, on your mind well, I don't think people should be mad at the Senate. Uh, I think that the people maybe should be mad at the House because the Senate did its job and, and produced a balanced budget with no deficit. That was good. But what the House did, they did what you could say is a good thing. You know, they proposed a large PFD, but they didn't do the other half of the work they were supposed to do, which is to cut state services, some state services, and some capital projects so that everything would fit within a balanced budget. Instead, they offered a budget that had an $800 million deficit, which is just a slap in the face, a brazen insult to not only the Senate, but to the Alaskan people. We don't expect a, a, a ridiculous budget like that with a $800 million deficit. There's no excuse for that. And therefore, there was nothing really for the Senate to negotiate with because it was just a, a laughable what they did. So it's the, it's the House that did a slipshod job. So uh, you're okay with uh, you're okay with the budgets for the last uh, twelve dozen years or so, uh, where they were all deficit budgets. Then, when the Senate was pushing it and everything else, every year they had to draw from savings. You were okay with all of that then? No, I, I don't like that, but that's what had to happen because. They had a massive collapse in the price of oil in 2014 and 2015, which left a four billion dollar budget hole. So as and long so as it's that's when so the as long uh, CPR as came to the rescue, yeah. and uh, saved our bacon, bailed us out, and we, they drained it all down. So as long but, as that's excusable, it's, that we it's have a okay. Budget. So as long as it's excusable, it's okay. And you're okay with the strong arm tactics of the Senate. Breaking protocol, breaking the Mason's rules, doing all that, not allowing the conference committee to be seated and holding it. You were okay with all those tactics. That's fine with you. Well, what I said is that the Senate would have had a conference committee if the bal- if the House had proposed a legitimate budget with no deficit. You know, that's not a that's not a condition a of the PFD. Randy. That's not a condition of the conference committee. That is not the last you go back over the last dozen years where they've had a conference committee. There's all the times there's budgets that are in excess of the revenue on both sides and they bring it together and they do it. Basically, what they did is they cut out that component. You're okay with them basically busting tradition, busting the rules and basically saying we're just going to hold this and it's a take it or leave it deal. You're okay with those strong arm tactics is what you're saying. Well, if if, if they both have a massive deficit due to oil price crash or whatever, then, yeah, they both come together because they're speaking on even terms. But if one has a balanced budget, which we certainly should have, no excuse not to, and the other one gets a slap in the face with an $800 million deficit, that's just an insult. That's something that we can't even start in negotiation on that basis. So as long as one is balanced, it's with the angels, and if one is not, it's not, and so there should be no compromise or discussion. It should be take it or leave it, and you're totally okay with that. Well, don't you think we should have a balanced budget? I mean, 
Doesn't I, everybody want a balanced budget? I've argued for a balanced budget for years, Randy. That's not my point. My point is is that the conference committee is supposed to work so that both sides have their say and can come in in the final negotiations and have a compromise between the two ideas that are presented by the bicameral legislature. That's the whole point. Not a they hold it over and say take it or leave it at the point of a gun and say you'll either vote for it or we're taking our toys away and going away. That's the problem. But you are saying that's fine. As long as they had a balanced budget, that's fine. Well, I think all of us, I think you want a balanced budget. We, I want a balanced budget. All the listeners want a balanced budget. You're missing budget. the whole What's point, Randy. You're, you're missing the whole point. You are intentionally missing the whole point. Yes, we would all like a balanced budget. In this case, we had the savings to pay for a full PFD and other things. We could pull it out of savings and make it work. We could do it as part of a long-term fiscal plan. But all of that, none of that matters. The problem is, is that even if they had both had a balanced budget and they put it in there, the Senate was not going going to allow the House to have their say in what the final bill looked like. They instead held it to the last minute and basically said, here it is, take it or leave it, no conference committee, we're not negotiating. You're okay with that, people basically going in there and strong-arming and saying, we're not negotiating, we're right, you're wrong, no further discussion, you guys don't get to represent your people in 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 a committee to negotiate or anything else, we're done. You're okay with that. That's what you're saying. Well, you said even if both had a balanced budget, now it's Randy, speculation Randy, as to what Randy, would have happened. Don't get, I think that they hey, would have had a conference committee if Randy, both had an honest, balanced okay, budget. Okay, I'm going to mute you for just a second here because you're not listening. Again, put out, just forget about it. Forget, say they were both balanced or say they were both imbalanced because they've done that for years, both of them coming in with a budget that has a deficit built in here. You're missing the whole point. As usual, you get hung up on one little thing and you're missing the broader picture. The broader picture in this whole scheme is that the Senate was abrogating the process and basically not allowing the House to have their say in a conference committee. That's 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 my whole point here. Forget about the numbers, the budgets, anything else. The whole thing is this is supposed to be a process. One presents, then the other presents, and then they come together and they negotiate a final bill with whatever it is. That's what's supposed to happen. And the Senate broke that process. Okay, let's say that they had a conference committee with the lopsided situation. Let's say that the House comes in with an $800 million deficit and the Senate comes in with no deficit, a balanced budget, yep. then the compromise that would result would be a $400 million deficit, which would be unacceptable. Well, potentially it could be a $400 million deficit, potentially with the way that the conference committee could have been stacked and looking at the votes probably would have been stacked, they still would have gotten the budget that they wanted. But the process would have been followed. The problem here is the precedent in breaking the process. That's the problem, Randy. That and and that's the that's the point that you continue well, I, to miss on this kind of. I'm done with you. I'm done. That's the problem here. I don't care. Like I said, I wouldn't have cared if the budget came out worse in the end because we would have at least held on to the process and we would not have set the precedent that so that it's okay to break that all up. But this is the problem with the long term. You know, this is the problem with looking at that long term and understanding the consequences and the unintended consequences of this kind of stuff in the long term. 
All right. I was pretty sanguine. Now I'm agitated again. All right, we're going to be back. The Michael Duke Show continues. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Your thoughts on this. I want to know what you have to say. 907-433-3150. I know some of you are out there screaming at your radio right now. Why don't you call up and tell me what you really feel? Back with more right after this. Running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee. Ha, <laughs> nice beard. The Michael Duke Show. Oh, God. Okay. Um. <laughs> oh, man. Um. I just, uh, I'm just, uh, I'm just saying, let me go back over here, uh, to see what's going on. Um, uh, are we calling it the 75, 25, because we don't have to split the 25 with the state. Shouldn't we just be calling it 88, five, 13, five, um, I'm going through here. Uh, the need term need term limits on legislators without question. Wouldn't uh, disagree with that. Um, sometimes I think people lose sight of who the players are that cause the problem. I would like to have slapped down a no vote, but then what? It wasn't going anywhere. Frustrating. I respect either thumbs up or thumbs down on this. Okay. Um. Uh, going through here. Uh, Mike uh, Kronk is also in the chat. Mike voted for concurrence. Mike, go ahead and make a statement if you want. I'd love to hear your, your because I don't think you got quoted in any of the papers. I'd love to hear what you have to say on this as well. Um, it's politics, but today is the last day of rhetoric and vitriol. you got to take off your hat to all 60 members. It's a tremendous amount of time away from family, friends, and vocation, yes. Um. Uh, James is being snarky. Um, how many states operate in the red? Government deficit spending, Spain or bacon? Um, uh, no vote saves. Who put the turbocharger on the short bus this weekend? Um, Randy's head is about to explode. <laughs> I mean, just you know, again, Randy is not, uh, um, uh, this is why I stopped listening every day, says Jeremy. This is why Randy's call. This is why I stopped listening every day. Okay. Well, I mean, Jeremy, I'm sorry, but you know, it's what we got to do. Um, where can I find McCabe's statement? I'm assuming on his Facebook page. Uh, I didn't actually look. I just looked, I just asked him directly. So I don't know. Uh, he emailed it, says Barbara. Barbara. Uh, I didn't see that. Okay. Um, uh, okay. 
Gary says, I blame the House for this mess. The Senate bro used a budget and said, take it or leave it. The House should have said, leave it 100% on the lazy House. Uh, again, I, you know, <clears throat> I, I think it was a foregone conclusion. Even if it had come up from conference committee, it would have been Edgeman Foster and Delana Johnson as part of the conference committee, which the only one that's voted against it. And of course, it would have been Stedman, Bishop, and I don't know. It would have been it would have been three yes votes on the Senate side and it would have been two out of three yes votes on the House side. So it wouldn't it wouldn't have mattered in the long run anyway. But at least the process would have been followed because Foster ended up voting against it. Edgeman voted for it um, and Delana Johnson voted for it. So. Um, yeah, next year, the House isn't going to be releasing their budget to the last day. I, that's exactly what's going to happen. I guarantee it. This is the new thing. This is the new thing. Um, and Kevin just dropped a, he just dropped the link into his statement in the thing. And I, oh, there we go. Okay. I'll, uh, pop it up here. Um, Okay. Uh, so I've got the full I've got the full commentary here from Kevin on what. Ooh, that's a novel. Okay, we'll uh, we'll get in there and we'll talk about that here uh, in just a little bit. But I want to read some of the comments from some of the other uh, folks who voted for it. But I saw again Mike Cronk was in the chat room and I know Mike voted for it. So Mike, if you'd like to place a statement down or send me a link to a statement you've already made. Um, uh, you are assuming, says Mike Cronk, that there would have been a conference committee. It was clear there wasn't going to be one on day 29 of the special session either. So he's saying it wouldn't have mattered. Um, and Kevin tells me that, uh, by the way, the Senate was headed out the door in the waning hours of the first day of special session. Again, time compression. Their statement to us was that they would see us on June the 14th to complete the special session. So they were going to basically burn 14 days. Uh, oh, uh, June 14th. Uh, they would see us June 14th to complete the special session. So they were basically going to just let it let the clock run out no matter what. They were all leaving town. So no no chance there. That would have been on the Senate. Um, I, I think I would have taken them up on that challenge personally, but that's just that's just me. Again, I don't play well, I don't play well with others when their ass hats need not apply. Let's just put it that way. Uh, all right, we're jumping back into it. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like it, share, like it, follow. Let's do it. Okay, let's continue our discussion here this morning. Uh, some interesting points being made uh, during the break here in the chat room uh, about the special session, about the end of the regular session and the special session. And a couple of comments. Mike Cronk is in the chat room, uh, legislator from uh, rural uh, Bush, Alaska. Um, and he said, you're assuming that there would have been a conference committee in all this discussion that I'm talking about, uh, about having the conference committee. 
He said, you're assuming that there would have been a conference committee. It was clear there wasn't going to be one on day 29 of the special session either, to which uh, Kevin added a comment. Kevin McCabe added a comment that said, this is what the legislature uh, told them, that the this is what the Senate told them. He said, the Senate was headed out the door in the waning hours of the first day of special session. Time compression again. Their statement to us, the House, was that they would see us on June the 14th to complete the special session. So they basically were just going to leave town. Let the House sit there. And, to which I would have said, bring it on. If the House is in session and the, legis- and the Senate has gone off to, uh, to take a powder, then it's on them. Then that would be on them. And I would be decrying it to every news media outlet that I could. The House is ready to sit here and do business. The Senate has decamped to places unknown, and they're the ones that are responsible for anything that comes down, including the threat of a government shutdown. But here's the thing. We are constantly not willing to call the bluff of Bert Stedman. So he gets bolder and bolder and bolder. I I mean, I can't wait to see what the next half of the session looks like. It's going to be a total crap fest. Because he's now been proven right. He can do pretty much whatever he wants as long as he gets across the finish line. And then he just leaves and the Republicans go, oh, my God, it's going to be okay. I mean, the the other Republicans. I mean, he is a Republican, surprisingly. Uh, The House just, you know. And I know I'm not trying to pick on him. I'm just saying this is you guys have got to be willing to call his in this game of chicken we our side the smaller government side always blinks first always blinks first and sometimes they blink before they even get into the car to start heading at each other some of the comments um are interesting um delana johnson who uh Remember, was one of the first ones to defect when the governor put out his first budget. Remember, the sky is falling, the apocalyptic budget that cut, you know, $800 million out of the state budget. And it was, I mean, everybody was going to die if that budget passed. Remember that? She was one of the first to basically fold and defect from the governor's budget. Um, She said, uh, in, in in light of her vote, on the uh, on the concurrence, she said, I had certainly some challenges with a number of things in here, but what I didn't want to see was a government shutdown, and I didn't want to bring it down to the brink, and I thought it was important that we made sure and did the very best we could as far as negotiation right now to try and move the process forward. We don't need any more uncertainty in Alaska right now. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. God have mercy on your soul. Look, I mean, look, they may have left town. They may have left town that day and said, well, we'll see you on the last day of the session to close it out. But then... But then it would have all been on them. And trust me, there could have been some mounting pressure along the way. 
Now, Delana says, I don't want to see, I didn't want to bring it down to the brink. So let's just capitulate. Let's just capitulate. And instead of, again, this is almost not even about the budget anymore. Really? I mean, when it comes down to it, this is really not about the budget. This is about protecting the process. I mean, we saw all the legislators post the meme about how, well, the House has now just become a 40-member advisory committee and how bad that is. What happened to elected, you know, elected representation and everything? That is, folks, that is the point. By giving in and voting for the budget, you have just legitimized that meme. You have legitimized the meme that says you're just an advisory body. Sorry, you don't get to play anymore. You don't get to have your say. They will dictate the terms to you. Because you're not willing to stand up. And yes, you may have taken us to the brink of a government shutdown. And gasp, we may have had a government shutdown. But you know what? who, who would have been responsible for that? The Senate. You want to bring some pressure to bear? The House should have just stayed down there and been like, yep, we're going to keep adjourning. We're going to keep uh, gaveling in and gaveling out until the Senate shows up. We're here to do the work. We're here to work. But they've ne- they're just not willing. Again, at this point, I don't even care about the budget. I care about the process. What is this going to, if this is, and you can look at the incrementalism that's happened from the very first time that Burt started to do as, I mean, the guy's been finance chair for what, eight, nine, 10 years now. You could watch as he slowly started to bring these things in, right? The connectivity, the conditional votes on, you know, if this, then that. Uh, the the taking of the road projects and the putting them on the if you don't vote for this we'll cut this out of the thing, the the blackmail on that, I mean just all these different Machiavellian type things where he slowly amassed more and more control he basically now drives the legislature by himself. He gets them to do he dog whistles them up to do whatever he wants to do, and the second he says well you guys can do what you want I'm just going to go home. Because he knows they're not going to call him on it. They're not going to call his bluff. Would it have been bad to have a government shutdown? Yes. Would it have been bad to take it to the brink of the government shutdown? Yes. I mean, it causes panic. It's, there's no doubt about it. It causes consternation and it creates problems in it. But the problem is, is that now because you've capitulated, he's got just another arrow in his quiver that he could shoot at you at any time. He will use that in any time. He has shown you time and time and time again that he is the master manipulator. He is the little finger of the legislature. For those of you who don't know about Game of Thrones, he was the guy that was behind every bad thing that happened in that entire series. He is literally behind the scenes, pulling all the strings, and nobody's willing to call him on it or stand up to him or call his bluff. And like I said, yes, it's a game of chicken. It's probably not going to end well one way or the other. But at least you can go down swinging instead of just like, okay, we don't want to do that. We're just... just, I mean, that is... I... Don't know what to say. Justin Ruffridge said he voted against it, even though they put $600,000 into the capital budget for a road project in his district. He said he voted against the budget. He said, 
I don't like being bought, frankly. It's kind of what that felt like. And Julie Colomb, who I mean, is like one of my new favorite legislators, after her piece in Must Read Alaska that was so brilliant, she voted against both the budget and the normally uncontroversial state mental health budget, a separate bill. She voted against both. It says, I guess I can't concur with bullies and bribers. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's what's going to have to happen. They're all going to have to stand up, but it's just, it's no, it's not. Again, for me at this point, it's really not even about the budget anymore. It's about the destruction of the process and the gloaming of power where you can control everything. And we see how that's worked out. Okay, hour two is dead ahead. I mean, on that nice thought, back with more The Michael Duke Show. let it shut down smear it on Stedman says Joseph I mean that's what I'm saying because again we know that even if there was a conference committee and now the Kronk uh, and McCabe are all saying well there wasn't going to be a conference committee okay I, I mean I, but if there was a conference committee we knew we were still going to get screwed we knew but at least the process would have been preserved with they would have had a say as elected representatives in some way shape or form but they said, nope, we're taking, we're leaving. We'll see you on the last day. I would have beat the absolute P. Wadden out of them just at, with that, with that thing. I mean, the, the second that they all hopped on the flight and left, my first phone call would have been to the ADN, the Alaska Beacon, Nat Hers. I'd have been calling everybody. I've been posting on social media. Hey, the House is in session here trying to fix this budget thing. And the Senate just left. I mean, they basically have a take it or leave it, but we, this is a nego- this is part of the process. And they've just, this is on them. We're here ready to do work. Michael, that's because they are not really for small government. They think government has to be funded no matter what. Okay. Last year, Delana Johnson, when she was in the minority, actually voted for the majority budget on the first pass through the House. Delana Johnson is, yeah. I mean, like I said, she was the she was the first one to cave uh, when Dunleavy put out that budget. She was the first one to to basically cry poor mouth and turn around and and you know vote against the you know basically not support the the vetoes and the and everything else. Um. <clears throat> It's not 40 below at the time at the time of a potential shutdown. We Alaskans can handle it, I guess. Um, 
Uh, would they even be able to get the media to cover it, asked Rick. I, You know, Rick, I think so. I mean, surprisingly, you can go back and look at the stories in the ADN and the Alaska Beacon recently, and must read, obviously, but uh, on those two, which are neither one stalwart, smaller government, you know, uh, outlets, media outlets, and they were been asking the hard questions. They've been asking the hard questions, and they've been pointing out that it's the Senate is the one that's basically been strong-arming them. I think it would have been... I think it would have been a very, very interesting uh, turn. I think that they would have said, basically, the House is sitting down there twiddling their thumbs, waiting for the Senate to come back to the table, and it's the Senate that's the one that's not doing it. Then it would have been up to the governor to do something different. Um, Too bad you don't have one of the veins that pulsates when you're upset, says Harold. I don't need one. I mean, uh, it's crazy times. Ha, huh. who did Duke say was Littlefinger? Bert Stedman. He's like the little finger of the legislature. He's behind every bad thing that's happened in the last. He's the Machiavellian chess player in the background that's manipulating all the pieces. Um, you're supposed to get riled up before the end of the session. This is this show's M.O., Here's the thing, Harold. I got to ask, why do you do you just enjoy torturing yourself? If you don't like the show and you don't agree with what we do, by the way, we did get riled up before the end of the session. We were riled up a lot before the end of the session, but you forget all that stuff when it's convenient for you to try and make a point. So I guess if you hate this so much, why are you still here every morning spewing, you know, your hatred, discontent and confusion? Uh, I'm just asking. Uh, you're welcome to be here, but I just it seems like it would be a little masochistic to want to hang out here in some place where we're all so stupid. You know, I mean, we're, I know we're all stupid compared to you, but I'm just, maybe you like hanging out with the retarded third graders. Um, problem is the mainstream media wrote report on that. They will say the House remains in Juno to collect per diem while fiscally responsible Senate saves the state money by going. I disagree with that, Kevin. I would have said that, yes, probably three, four weeks ago, but based on some of the reporting and the questions that were being asked, I would say that they probably had a fairly even chance of saying the House is down here ready to go. Um, the man behind the curtain. Stedman is the mayhem guy from all the from the Allstate commercial. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. Chris says he agrees with me. Well, thank you, Chris. I mean, you know, thank you. Um, <laughs> okay. Gail says we had the lowest voter turnout, so it's really on the people who didn't vote. Um, no, I mean, I mean, yes, but there's just a lot of people who are so frustrated with the, uh, you know, the the polarized tribal environment that we've got going on. They just basically threw their hands up and walked away. I'm not blaming it on them. The people who are actually in place doing the deed, they're the one. That's who it's on. That's who it's all about. Okay, we got to go. Hour two. 
dead ahead. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Across the world on the internet at MichaelDukesShow.com, where you'll find links to the audio-only live stream, which I hope is up and running. I had to restart it this morning. Uh, It's up and running, uh, the audio-only live stream, as well as links to our social media sites, where we simulcast the radio show every morning on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Uh, And uh, finally, uh, you also uh, will find the podcast there, podcast links. Uh, the podcast is available at CastBox, um, uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google, and, of course, uh, Spotify. So you can find all that stuff there. Also broadcasting live across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station, and or FM translator. From all the way out in the Aleutian chain on, on Alaska, all the way up to the interior, uh, this is what we do each and every day. Um, all right. So uh, a little bit of housekeeping here in hour two. We've been talking this morning. First and foremost, let me set the let me set let me set the tone. Uh, What we've been talking about today is the end of the special uh, end of the session and the beginning and end of the special session and some of the challenges with it. If you listen to the show on Friday, you know that I was irked, irate, pissed off, whatever phrase you want to use. I've had a little time to think about it and I'm a little, you know, more. I'm calmer, a little more sanguine. I mean, whatever you want to phrase you want to use. Um, and I'm a little bit, you know, and I'm a little bit uh, kind of got some hindsight kind of thing looking back at it now. Uh, that doesn't mean that I'm still not agitated by it. And what I'm really concerned about now is not so much the budget as the process, I guess, is how I should put it. So we're going to talk some more about that going into this uh, hour two here. It's open line, open form. I specifically left the show open, no guest, because I wanted to discuss it with you. I want to talk about it with you, the listener, the average Alaskan who's listening to the show, what your thoughts are on this and everything else. So the phone lines are open at 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. I'd love to queue up a bunch of calls and just have a discussion with you on your thoughts on the end of the session, the special session, and what coulda, shoulda, woulda, you know, hindsight, right? All the hindsight stuff. Uh, the program brought to you today, by the way, by your friends over there at Satellite West, from uh, Delta to Diomede, from Naknek to Ninana, uh, wherever you are in the state of Alaska, they have got the coverage, they've got the tools, they've got the technology. 
to make sure that you can surf the internet, send emails, send text messages, make phone calls, whatever it is. SatelliteWest.com, proud sponsors of the show. Thank you so much, Satellite West, for being part of it today. Uh, Okay, so here's the final bit of housekeeping. Two things. Uh, First and foremost, a reminder that on Friday... Uh, Being Memorial Day weekend, I will be taking Friday off, making it a four-day weekend. Yeah. All right, so that's first and foremost. So I will be off the air on Friday. There will be alternate programming um, across the state on the various stations. Okay? So uh, alternate programming on Friday. That's the first and foremost. Uh, And, of course, I'll be off on Monday for Memorial Day. So it's, a again, four-day weekend. Okay. So that's first and foremost. Second point is that for those of you who are listening in the interior this morning, I will be continuing on the air starting at 8 a.m. this morning with the Alaska Radio Auction. It is our on-air, online combination auction. Uh, It's going to be good stuff. It's a chance. Usually this is the thing that usually happens on the Saturdays, but we changed it. It's all brand new. Uh, they've changed it. Uh, we're going to do two hours this morning talking about all the great items that you have available to you. If you go to alaskaradioauction.com right now, you can preview everything and you could start your buying and bidding at 8 a.m. on the dot. Uh, that's when things will be ready to go. So you can go check it out right now, alaskaradioauction.com. I will be broadcasting for two hours um, on the uh, uh, Fairbanks and the Anchorage stations Uh and uh, if you want to listen, you're down in the peninsula. We know, we usually simulcast it down in the peninsula. We didn't this time because it's on a weekday. Uh, you could still, my live stream will still be up and I'll still be live streaming. So there you go. You could just stay on the, go to MichaelDukeShow.com and click on the live stream and you'll hear the whole auction right there if you want to do that. So you can, you could check it out. Um, and, uh, we got everything from, there's an Argo in there, big, big, uh, brand new Argo. There's hotel stays, there's fishing charters, there's restaurant certificates, uh, boutique certificates, uh, food, uh, all kinds of stuff, ax throwing. I mean, it's just, a, it's a ton of different stuff, bunch of equipment from Craig Taylor, uh, garage floor epoxy. There's big tickets or small tickets. There's one of, there's just go check it out. AlaskaRadioAuction.com. We're doing it again this morning starting at 8 a.m. right after the show. I take a little little water break there at the top of the hour and about 3 minutes after we'll we'll be right back on the air. So there you go. That's all the housekeeping. Okay. Back to it now. Let's continue to talk about the budget uh the session, the process and everything else. I got one line on hold and so we're going to continue with what they have to say here. So people I see some people asking in the chat room about vetoes. Um, unlikely, uh, is my opinion, but we'll see, we'll see what happens, uh, here. And I think I, it's five days. I think he has five days and the Thursday. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, uh, I think he has till tomorrow to, but to veto anything, which I just, I don't see him doing, but we'll see what, We'll see what happens here. Let's go to the phones. Let me let me go over to the phones. Like I said, I'd love to hear what you guys have to say on this and have a rational, reasonable discussion on it. Unless you're Randy. Let's go over here and see what you have to say. Good morning. Who's this and where are you calling from? This is Brian, and I am calling you from what I presume to be one of Dante's rings. I'm not sure which one. <laughs> you are in the 12th circle. It's a brand new circle made just for you, Brian. What's uh, what's on your mind this morning? I, I'm, 
I, I am flattered to be sure. So this thing with a little finger, it's a little bit of tooth because I am not a game of thrones with auto. But I got to thinking, we need to talk about the middle finger of this, this metaphysical hand. I would say the middle finger is Gary Stevens. No, I mean I, I would well, agree I would agree yeah, that Gary Stevens very, um, Gary Stevens is the enabler to the to the little finger. I think he is definitely the enabler in this uh, whole scenario. Well, after his comments uh, I don't know, last week or week before, there's clearly a middle finger in that one. Uh, I am I am not like you, I'm not at all confident that Dunlady is gonna step up and uh, do the right thing here and I will repeat my continuing adage is that the Alaska legislature never fails to disappoint. Uh, I think the House has effectively moved to delegitimize itself in a lot of ways. I think that they uh, they failed their basic uh, their basic duty, which is representation of uh, their constituents. I would, so yeah. I mean, I think they had they an come up well. They they had. They I would say, Brian, they had an opportunity here to prove that they're not just an advisory committee. I mean, they, again, that meme came out right after the Senate said take it or leave it. And there was the meme going around that it's just a 40, 40 person advisory committee now. Well, they've made that true by failing to take a stand and and capitulating to them. They have made that 100% true. Moving forward, as long as Bert Stedman's in control and maybe thereafter, if he passes the reins to somebody else, this is what will happen. I am reminded of that uh, uh, cartoon thing with the uh, the mouse flipping the uh, middle finger to an eagle. That was the last act of defiance. If it had been me, I would have done the last act of defiance. So, yeah. Anyway, I, Mr. Dukes, good talking yeah. to you. Uh, I hope everybody has a, has a happy day. All right. Well, thank you, Brian. I appreciate it. I agree. I mean, even though it probably wouldn't have done much other than at least try to preserve the process, I probably would have been that mouse, given the bird to the bird, if you know what I mean. So 100% true on that. Thank you, Brian, for calling Absolutely. in. I appreciate your call. Uh, that leaves all the lines open. If you would like to sound off, 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. Uh, again, lots of discussion uh, in the chat room this morning. A couple legislators in there again giving their thoughts on this. Um, that it, you know, wouldn't have worked. The media wouldn't have been on your side. It would have been, you know, yada yada yada. Um, I mean, lots of reasons why it wouldn't have worked. I would have at least, again, this is why, guys. Look, I can commentate all day. I can tell you what my feelings are all day. But I realize one thing. I would be a horrible legislator because I do not play well with others, right? I mean, I if I, if I think that it's stupid, I will tell you I think it's stupid. I will not I'm I can be diplomatic when I need to be, but in those kind of situations, I would just I would not play nice. I would not play nice. I would be an outs I would I'm definitely I would be be me and shower in the corner staring at each other because I would just not, you know, but I will not go quietly. I will not acquiesce. I will not take the lucre. I will not be bribed. I will not, 
You know, I will not try to, I will not play that game where you stick the knife in my back and then I still have to be collegial to you and have to be statesmanlike. I would say you stick that knife in my back again and I'm going to knock your lights out. That's, I mean, I'm just, I do not, and I know that's what they want. They want, this is the whole thing about the the, the political game is, you know, you got to smile at them and shake their hand while they're slipping the knife in because they did better at maneuvering than you did. And you still have to smile and take it. No, no, you don't. You don't have to smile and take it. Now, maybe that would put me on the outside, but that's, that's, that's again, this is why I would make a horrible legislation. I couldn't do it. I just absolutely couldn't do it. I did it for five years on the uh, Fairbanks Assembly where, you know, you kind of had to do I, I just I mean, I could barely speak to two members of the assembly because I just what, you know, especially one of them who was on there for a couple of years. And he I could hear him next to me and he's under his breath saying things. In fact, I remember I called him out one time. One of our colleagues across the way, she and I were aligned politically. We were both conservative. And I could hear him muttering under his breath next to me uh, some very unflattering words. And I leaned forward in my mic and I said, uh, I'm sorry, did you have something to say? (laughs) The look on his face when he realized that I could hear him and the, the things that he said and that I was calling him out on it. Uh, I mean, you know, it just I don't I don't I don't nod and smile and say, oh, yes, you're 100 percent right. And you're so gracious and you're so nice. Could you please take that knife from my spleen? Right. That's not how I do It's Again, why I would make a horrible politician. Absolutely horrible. Everybody ought to try it once, though, just to try it, because, oh, baby. You would get an eye opening, an absolute eye opening of what's going on. All right. Well, uh, here we come to the to the break. Look at that. We're going to continue the Michael Duke show. Common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. We got some more comments from some of the folks who voted for concurrence. And we will share those with you here in just a moment. But I want to know what your thoughts are. You guys have been very quiet. Been a few of you have called in. But maybe you just, you know, maybe at some point you're just like, I'm just listening to listen and I'm throwing my arms up in the air and it doesn't matter. I'm throwing my hands up and they're going to do what they're going to do and I'm just here with the popcorn to watch. I don't know. But here's your chance to sound off. 907-433-3150. Give us a call. The Michael Duke Show. Listened to by more staffers in Juno than any other show. Because their bosses told them to. And after what they just heard, oh man, they're gonna be pissed. You're a bad, bad man. The Michael Duke Show. <sighs> oh god. Um Okay, let's uh, let's go back up here. Um, where does one get an engine swapped? I don't know. Knick 
Knick Auto and Repair in the Valley, Harold. That's all I know. Uh, Governor won't veto, says Michael, uh, and the state goes further down the toilet while the social services continue to increase until we are California. One third of Alaska's population is currently on the government dole in one way or the other. So could be, could be. Uh, the House will be leery to send the budget next year. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Is that Dennis Leary? Because that's not the right spelling. Uh, anyway, uh, you could bet the contingent in the House didn't appreciate Burt's process ideas. Yeah, you think? <laughs> you think? Herter says, life goes on. The world hasn't stopped turning. Just get at it. Next go around. I admit not participating much at all as far as support to our reps. Kind of threw my hands up early on when it was pretty clear how it was going to roll. Can't stand on much with that. Well, that's again, that's the thing. I think a lot of us, a lot of folks out there are basically, they're so frustrated with the whole process. And this probably just contributes to that. They just basically go, F it. And they walk up and they just throw their, they just walk away. Unfortunately, that does a couple things. Um, it, it it emboldens those who who use the maneuver to cause you to throw your hands up, and it weakens the opposition to it. I mean, it's a part of the problem. So it's a you know, it, it's it's all part of it. Um, I'm disgusted that the house didn't even put up a fight. Uh, but at least McCabe got his snowmobile trails. Um, uh, let's see, Chile, um, I would be thrown in jail if I was a legislator, said Terry. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, James says these guys broke off from their caucus to negotiate their own deals with their districts with Stedman and company. Well, I mean, Kevin was not wrong when he said this is what a non-binding caucus looks like. They were free to do that. I mean, they were free to do that. Decorum is a dirty word, says Timothy. Uh, Mike Kronk says, absolutely false. I'm not sure exactly what, because I'm going through the comments in not in real time. So I don't know what Mike meant was absolutely false, but feel free to tell us, uh, what exactly is absolutely false. Um, Michael, you need to read Sun Tzu. I have read Sun Tzu. I have read Machiavelli. I've read Sun Tzu. I understand a lot of those principles. That's for sure. Um, Um, we have to stop walking away, says Terry. I mean, yeah, it's painful. It's frustrating. It's irritating. But yeah, I think eventually we have to stop walking away. We really, really do. Otherwise, they win. They, the anonymous, they win. Ah, delicious. Okay. Um, no, we're coming up on the, uh, coming up on the break here, getting ready to jump back in, uh, Mike Cronk, if you want to tell me what was absolutely false, because again, I don't remember what I was talking about seven minutes ago when you said that, feel free to tell me exactly what was absolutely false. And I would love to hear what you have to say on that or call in. You're welcome to call in as well. I got two lines on hold. We're going to jump into it. We're 10 seconds out. 
So, you guys, hold the line. I'll be right to you, callers. Uh, let's uh, get this thing done. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. The Michael Duke Show. Seriously humorous with a pinch of intellect. <laughs> pinch of intellect. Sorry. That is humorous. Here's Michael Dukes. I mean, it's a pinch. That is a measurement, right? Some people's fingers are bigger. Than- I got pretty big hands, so that pinch of intellect is... Well, anyway, you get the... Hello, welcome back to the program. It is the Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Uh, we're doing a little bit of an after-action review here of everything that went down in the legislature. A post-mortem, if you uh, prefer that kind of vernacular. Uh, and trying to decide what could have, should have, would have been done. Of course, hindsight is twenty twenty and all that, but... Uh, a little bit of frustration. A little bit of frustration. Uh, as I said earlier, we knew the we knew the budget was going to be borked, no matter what, just based on the makeup of the players. But we would have hoped that we could have at least preserved the process. Um, but it's it's interesting to see what's going on here. All right, let's uh, let's go over to the phones again. I'm encouraging you to call in today and give me your thoughts on the end of the session and the one day special session where the concurrence happened. Uh, I'd like to see what you have to say. Maybe I'm wrong on this. Maybe it's not possible. Is it possible? I no. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. Let's go over here and see what you have to say. 907-433-3150. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hi, Michael. This is Cindy from Fairbanks. Hello, Cindy. What's on your mind? Well, a hundred different things, but... Um, one, I just feel that our government, uh, with all the spending and everything, that uh, they forgot the people, but also the people probably feel the same way I do. The more we try to fight back, what we feel is should go to the people or help the people or be part of the state that we live in. Uh, our government is going to do what they want to do, and, and we already tried to say our say and sign all these papers to go against and fight and back, but Walker won when he cut into the PFDs and got what he wanted, so why should the government stop? If they want a two cents tax, let's do it. If they want to raise, let's do it. If they want to spend all the money and, and, and the people just pay for out of pocket and try to survive without the PFD and all of this, they're going to do it. So why should we raise a hand or, or fight back because we're like some of you guys that are trying to fight back and help the people. They have no interest because they already walked the line and won so they can continue walking the line and win. Well, that's uh, I think you've summed up the feelings of a lot of people uh, there, Cindy. I think you've summed up a lot of people like, why bother? Because the game is rigged. They've won at every step, and you're right. I, I mean, I would lay every problem that we've had over the last um, seven, eight years, has I lay it right at the feet of Bill Walker. He was the reason. He was the first one to take a crack at that dividend. He paid the price for it politically by not getting reelected twice. Um, I mean, people know he was I mean, he was dead on arrival when that came uh, because of his take stance on the PFD. And if he had left it be, we would be in a whole different situation. So you're right where that is. But you're also right in the fact that people are like they're going to do what they want to do. And so many folks are just like, why bother? Why? 
Why bother to vote? Why bother to get involved? Why bother to do all these things? So I think you're 100% right in that. But as I said many times, Cindy, we can't grow weary in well-doing. Right. And I agree with that. And then all of those that tried to vote against them or vote towards the other people that we felt that was going to help be a part of the people in, in, in the state of Alaska, they got voted out. You know, uh, I, I don't understand why the people even voted those that were uh, in that was against for the people in the first place. I didn't, but I'm just one person. Right. Right. Well, no, I I, I agree, uh, Cindy. Look, this whole thing has just been such a disaster from the very beginning uh, when Walker first tapped into that PFD and then put everything back in the ERA. And the worst part is, is they didn't even use any of the money. They took it out of the Alaskan economy and they just left it there in the earnings reserve. It was it's I mean, it was horrific. But uh, I think you've uh, I think you've got it just right, Cindy. Thank you for your call. I appreciate you being part of it today. Thank you. All right, let's uh, continue on with the next phone call at 907-433-3150. I mean, what are your thoughts? Have you have you already decided that you're kind of throwing – I mean, I don't know why you'd listen to this show if you'd thrown your hands up in the air. But are you on the edge of that, or have you decided and you're just kind of watching? Are you just a spectator now, or are you participating? Uh, you know, give me your thoughts on that. 907-433-3150. Over here to this phone call. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Carleen, um, by calling in, I'm not, I'm not just a watcher. I'm participating, but I'm confused. Um, the governor called a special session. Why did the Senate walk away and go home or or leave? I don't get that. Because of leverage, Carleen, Thanks. they they did it because they were trying to leverage the situation. Uh, the governor said we need to come together and focus on this one bill, which was the budget bill. And the Senate's tactic was to say, well, we've given you the bill. There it is. You've got to accept it. And we'll see you back on the last day of the session uh, when we return uh, because we're leaving. And so you guys can just sit here and basically play with yourselves. I mean, you guys can play the game all by yourself here and we're just going to go away. It's It was a tactic. It was a threat. It was, uh, you know, uh, basically we're going to take our ball and bat and go home and you guys can just sit around here and, and do nothing and we'll come back at the last day and you'll still give us what we want. That's exactly what it is. It was a, it was a threatening tactic, Carlene. Thank you. All right. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. 907-433-3150. Um, I've I've spoken with many Alaskans over the last few years who have reached that point of I mean who were before here's the thing because there's not there's not a whole lot of people who are politically engaged right I mean the 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 percentages of people who are actively pursuing these issues in politics who who follow them or who who you know give money or call their legislators or do whatever that's a it's a pretty small percentile overall. Uh, most people, you start talking to them about this thing and their eyes just glaze. I mean, I've got people that I've worked with, coworkers or clients or people that I meet and, you know, something comes up in discussion and I start talking about some of the state stuff and they're like, what? I mean, just, they're just not, they, they don't even care. 
They just don't even care. They've never been taught to care. They've never, I mean, they just have no interest in participating. I believe in my heart of hearts that most of them believe that it just doesn't matter whatever they want or do it. It just, you know, whatever's going on, they don't care uh, because they're, they feel there's no power. They don't feel like they have any say in that. But what I'm concerned about is the people who have been politically involved for years, who have been part of the process, who have given money and commented and sent in the POIs, you know, uh, uh, or the palms, I'm sorry, the political opinion messages, who've sent, who've, who've sent the, who've stood in the line, who've testified, and now they're getting to the point to where they just don't see, they just don't see a winning uh, outcome. They don't see a path forward. And that's, that's problematic. Like I said, I mean, this is again, why one of my favorite sayings on this show is you don't grow weary and well-doing. Don't stop just because you feel like you're not going to win. You, you just, you, you got to keep fighting the fight. This whole thing though, does highlight one thing very specifically. This whole process that we're watching here and everything that's happened in this last legislature, what happened in the last election cycle, this all proves one thing very clearly. Alaska is not the conservative state that I think many folks have thought it was. And I've been thinking that for quite a while. You actually go back a couple, three election cycles, and I really started to see the handwriting on the wall. On the national stage, sure. I mean, we send back, uh, you know, we, we always vote for the Republican president and we do this and do that. But, I mean, we have continued to send Lisa Murkowski back time and time and time again when it's very obvious that she's not a conservative. We have a very large contingent in this state that is in the middle. It's purple. It's blue. It's red. It's blue. It's red. It just kind of swings and vacillates back and forth. So although many people have what I think the mistaken fantastical idea that somehow we're still a red state uh, and red being conservative, I guess, in this case, uh, it's just not the case. We are very, very much middle of the road. Uh, As as uh, as uh, uh, Rob Myers pointed out, we have those Democratic roots. So we are socially liberal have historically been fairly fiscally conservatives, but that but that's changing because now we have a disconnect between the public and the private sector because the government is now living on the permanent fund earnings instead of oil revenue. And so now we've got that disconnect and now we're looking at a whole different now we're looking at a whole different ball game because it doesn't matter what happens in the private sector. It doesn't matter as long as the government, spend is there. And again, there are many politicians now who believe their definition of a good economy is one where the government private sector budget is taken care of and is all good. That's that's their definition of a good economy. As long as the budget spend is good and the and the and the government spend is good, that's a good economy. Forget what's happening in the rest. Forget about all that. And this goes right back to, get, again, Governor Walker. If you want to look at the beginning of the end of what's happening, if you want to see the person that stuck the knife in the back of the permanent fund or dripped the first drop of poison into it or whatever analogy you want to use, it's Bill Walker. He's the guy that did it. And he has paid the price for it. 
He had. I still remember that first year. Uh, so what was it? 2016, 2017. I was down. I've told this story a couple times, but I'm going to tell it before because it basically tells you how Alaskans feel about this. Um, I was downtown in Anchorage. I was broadcasting the start of the Iron Dog uh, in downtown Anchorage, and they had some speakers come up and speak as they normally do, luminaries of your community, right? And uh, mayor, the mayor was there. Mayor Berkowitz was there, and a couple other. And then they brought up. Uh, they announced an, uh, Governor Bill Walker. This is the first year that he basically had defunded the PFD. He vetoed half the PFD. And uh, they announced, and now Governor Bill Walker, the entire crowd booed. I mean, this wasn't just a little bit of a booing. This was everybody. I mean, the whole thing, it was just like shocking to hear it. But that's how they felt about him. So, he has paid the price for this because, again, he has not. I mean, I don't know if he could get elected dog catcher right now. He's tried a couple more times and have gone and has gone nowhere with this. Uh, in with his political career, I think is pretty much over. But the damage is already done. He's already, um, he's already made the you know made made the 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 final thrust, as it were, into the PFD and let it bleed out. Um, and he's changed the way that the funding is accounted for. So now it passes through the budget instead of being a simple um, – <clears throat> now it, it has to be accounted for in the budget instead of being a simple pass-through, which is what it was before. And I don't know how that changes. I, I don't know. I mean, unless – and maybe Donna is – Donna Ardwin's in the chat room. Maybe she can answer me. I mean, is that something that could simply be reversed by Governor Dunleavy? Because if that's the case, that's what we should be calling the governor to do. We should be calling for him to revert back to the way that it was accounted for before. It was it did not count as government income. See, that's the thing. As soon as it started counting as government income instead of a simple pass through and all of a sudden now you counted it as money going into the coffer. That's when the problem started. Because then it became a battle royale for all those dollars that were in there. And as I said before, their ultimate goal, there being them being the politicians who are big government, protect the government, spend at all cost politicians, their ultimate goal is to have access to the corpus of the fund, which they essentially have achieved with SB 26, the percent of market value draw. Some people have pointed out, well, look, they're limited to only a 5% draw. And then I've pointed out, well, that's just a statute. And as they have shown a great disdain for for statutes, they can basically, I mean, the 90-day statute, the PMV, the PFD statute, some of the statutory spending caps, they just bust that stuff at their will. They're not beholden. I mean, the, the, the courts have said they don't have to follow the law. So what happens at POMV 5% when things start to get a little tougher? Well, they just draw 6% or 5.5%. Or maybe it's seven percent, or maybe down the road later it's eight or nine percent, and now you're drawing, not just you're you're drawing into the earning value of the fund. I mean, that's again, the ultimate destination is those folks want access to the corpus of the fund. That's just how it works. Working as intended.
It's a feature. It's not a bug. It's a feature. All right, we got to go. Uh, we got more coming up. The Michael Duke Show continues. Common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. We're going to be back with more here in just a moment. One final segment. Phone lines are still open at 907 3150. Feel free to give us a call and tell us what your thoughts are on this whole process or what your pro- what your thoughts are on people who are throwing their hands up in the air. What do you think about that? Give me a call. Let's stack some calls. We'll see what you have to say. Back with more right after this. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Okay. Jesus, Randy. Did you just Christ-like? Did you just Christ-like Bill Walker? Randy says, don't blame the people who were booing. They knew not what they were doing. Did you just? Oh, my Lord. And see, this is this is how little Randy understands this whole process, because he says here, Governor Walker had to veto half of the PFD because of the massive four billion dollar deficit in the state budget that was caused by the oil crash. Um, I mean, I could go on and on about what he wrote, but it's nonsense because Randy, he vetoed half the PFD and then that money sat in that account for three years. It had nothing to do with the deficit. It had nothing to do with the budget hole because that money sat there. And then the next year's money sat there. And then the next year's money sat. It wasn't until year four that they started spending money out of the ERA for government. It had nothing to do with a $4 billion deficit. Nothing to do with it. Because they didn't use any of it. They literally took it out of the economy and left it in the account. Owned. That's it. Right there. Mic drop. Uh, how about Will Stapp? Did anyone believe he would be different than his two supporters, one whose place he took and one whose Meyer defeated? Um, yeah, no, Timothy, I don't, you know, uh, I don't, I don't, uh, agree. Uh, yeah, I don't disagree with that. Um, Mike Cronk said what was false was what James said about breaking off <clears throat> from the caucus and negotiating our own deals. Well, I mean, somebody had to carry the water over there. Maybe it wasn't those legislators particularly. Maybe it was the uh, maybe it was the majority that passed that information over. But miraculously, a lot of these people got stuff in their district and then voted for it. I mean, you know, that's that's what it is. Once they got their fingers in the PFD, it was all downhill. The citizens always get the short end of the stick. I mean. <clears throat> yeah, once they once they had the, once they changed the fundamental structure of the PFD, that was it. 
Uh, Harold says, Walker grew the permanent fund by a large margin. Now, first of all, let me just say this. That's a dumb comment. No governor has ever grown or shrunk the permanent fund. That's all based on market forces. Now, unless what you're saying is he grew the permanent fund by canceling half the PFDs and leaving all that money in there. And so the fund grew because they took and held the monies back from Alaskans, in which case it's not a dumb comment, if that's what you're trying to say. But just based on the, uh, you know, if most people who read this doesn't understand how the fund worked and said, well, Walker grew the fund. The only reason he grew the fund is because he took the money from the people and left it in the account. Uh, again, that's, that's like a Randy statement. That's just not, no. Um, to be fair, the Senate adjourned before the special session was called, says Barbara. Yeah, but the special session is a new call. So they, they, you know, again, they still have to gavel in and gavel out of a special session. They may have gaveled out of the regular session and adjourned out of the regular session, but a special session is a whole new deal. Um, bah, 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 bah. Um, I'm just going through some of these comments. <clears throat> More Randyisms. Um, uh, they are, they must be growing some good weed up in Fairbanks. What was that? Says I, uh, no, apparently, uh, life gets shorter and shorter and really how aggravated do people want to be over a system that is broken on a national state city schools level? We live in a world that's just so disappointing. I mean, I think some people feel that way. I mean, that's why Denise, I try to best to do what I can do in my two hours a day. Uh, on the radio show and maybe an hour or two here outside of it. But once I'm done with the show, I move on because there is more to life than politics. Because otherwise, I mean, 10, 10, 15 years ago, I would have been consumed by this at every minute of every day. But I was a very unhappy person. I was a very angry, angry man. And uh, I discovered that there's more to that. There's movies, there's music, there's video games, there's nature, there's, you know, hiking and and spending time with the family and barbecues and all the other stuff that makes life worth living. This is definitely not the stuff that makes life worth living. It's important, but I only give it a finite amount of time and then I move on. That was a decision, the best decision I've made probably in my adult life. Um, all right. I'm not even caught up on all the comments. I'm not even caught up on the comments. All right, here we go. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like and share, like and follow. One final segment, and we'll see what you guys uh, have to say. And don't forget to join me for the Alaska Radio Auction, starting at 8.03 or whatever it is. Right after 8, we're going to be kicking this off. Here we go. Well, we got a boatload of people in the chat room, and they're all having their say right now. <laughs> There's still some, still some interesting comments uh, going on in the chat room. Uh, anyway, what else? Uh, 
what else have we got going on? I'm down to the final segment here this morning. And so this is a quick time to remind you of a couple things. First of all, because I'm kind of done talking about this now. I mean, unless you want to call in and talk to me, I think I've had my say, which basically is it's unfortunate that this is where we're at, that this is, you know, that we've reached this conclusion that we basically allowed the system to be gamed and we allowed precedent to be set and we basically broken the fundamental rules of the legislature and they've given in. That's that's kind of the that's kind of how it all lays out. That now this precedent has been set that the that the Senate can basically hold the House hostage and now what was a meme merely a week ago is now reality. That the House is really nothing more now than a advisory committee because they've allowed this to happen. Now, maybe next year they can pull it back from the brink and they can have a conference committee and they can do their own Machiavellian things and hold back the budget and do some stuff. Maybe that. But as of right now, I think that this I mean, even who was the what was the it was a win. I'm trying to remember one of these. I should have highlighted the comment, basically, basically saying that it was a win. Um, I'm sorry. I'm just looking here through here. It was a win for the Senate, basically. Oh, probably must read, uh, was the one that said that, um, uh, blah, blah, blah. Senate leaders, no, it was a, uh, basically I can't find the comment, but basically, um, it wasn't in must read. So it must've been in the ADN or the beacon basically saying the Senate wins, the Senate wins. And, if you don't see it that way, then I think you're wrong. Uh, I really do. I think you're wrong. This is not a definitely not a win for the House. Uh, they definitely got their way, and they had the they you know they've now set a precedent to basically be able to hold this over the House's head. Uh, if there is any further special sessions on budgeting things, the Senate can just basically say we've had our say. You guys, we're going home. And until somebody calls him on it, I guarantee you this. I mean, this already worked in part. Remember the Wasilla special session where a bunch of the conservative legislators showed up and nobody else showed up? I mean, this is part two of that. This is part two of that. By basically saying the governor calls a special session and the Senate says, gavel in, gavel out, we're leaving until the last two days of session when we come back and you guys do what we say anyway. I mean, this is just, this is the same thing. This is the part two. So, I mean, again, we should play a dirge. We should play a funeral march for the process in the legislature because it now be dead. Man, I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I I mean, I, I, you know, I hope I'm wrong in the long run. I hope, I hope I'm wrong and that it comes back next year and they've got some kind of you know, fourth dimensional chess play that they're going to make and it's going to be all good, but mm, I don't think so. I just, no, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, okay. Uh, 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. I'd love to hear what you have to say. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to do housekeeping before I got sucked back into my own monologue. Uh, so Friday, uh, I will be off the air on Friday, 
Um, and off the air on Monday for Memorial Day, I'm taking a four-day weekend. Uh, so we will be having some Thursday firearms action. We'll be talking about some firearm stuff on Thursday. So a little bit of firearms Thursday going on. It'll be a mix and match. We might have something else to talk. We just may, I mean, at that point, I just may talk about, I don't know, television or something. I may, we may have a conversation on best movies, uh, whatever it is. Uh, but Friday, I will be off and Monday for the Memorial Day weekend. Secondly, uh, in about uh, 10 minutes or so, I'm going to be kicking off the Alaska radio auction uh, up in the interior on the interior stations and translators. And so feel free to uh, tune in and listen and go to alaskaradioauction.com. You'll find certificates that are valid all over the states from Kenai Brewing Company down on the peninsula and Ocean Shores down in Homer all the way up to, uh, uh, you know, the cafes in uh, in Anchorage and Whimsy Gift Shop in Palmer and all the way up into Fairbanks with rafting and canoe trips. And, and there's fishing charters down on the peninsula, stuff from all over the state. It's all available and it's all going here in just a few moments uh, at alaskaradioauction.com. I'm going to broadcast from 8 to 10 on the local stations in Fairbanks and Anchorage for you guys to uh, enjoy that. Uh, and if you are down in the peninsula and you can't reach it, just keep listening to the live stream at michaeldukeshow.com. I will be there and you can hear it there. Or you could just go out and start bidding and buying at 8 o'clock at alaskaradioauction.com. Okay. All the housekeeping done. Let's go back for one final phone call here. I think before we run out of uh, before we run out of room for the day, we'll start off over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning. This is Rattles up in Pleasant Valley. Hey, Rattles, what's on your mind, my friend? Well, I tell you what. Every time there's a holiday on a Monday, you take Friday off. What kind of work ethics have you got? Well, that's a good question. I barely take vacations well, throughout the year. I've got gold certificate here on my wall for outstanding work performance. Okay. I worked for an outfit for five years in Fairbanks, never missed a single day, never a day late, never had a paid holiday. Good for you. You, know, you don't know what good work ethics are. Every time the Monday holiday, you take off Friday. There you go. That's my choice, Rattles. I Why mean, do you promote? You shouldn't even say that on the radio. That's not a good thing to tell people to do. Well, I'd like to have them expectation. I want to manage expectation, Rattles. That's what I want to do. Let you people know. You don't want to work. Quit. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you for uh, coming on board and sharing your disdain for uh, for me. Uh, I appreciate that. I don't know. I probably should take a little. <laughs> I mean, I, I only work like, you know. I only work like 65 hours a week, so, I mean, I thought taking one day off wouldn't be too big a deal, but apparently some people get a little butthurt over it. That's okay. It's okay. I got to do, uh, <sighs> I need that vacation. It keeps me from hurting things and breaking stuff. That's what I need. And every now and then I need that vac That's why that at the end of the Christmas, between Christmas and New Year's, I take that time off because I would be unhinged by January if I, <laughs> if I didn't do it. Rattles is quite a character, that's for sure. Um, all right. <clears throat> uh, I guess that's it. I guess we're, I mean, at the end of the show, I really don't have anything more to say other than I'm looking forward to seeing what the new session brings in January. Um, I guess we'll see what the makeup looks like. And uh, I, I don't think things are going to change. Uh, the... House, a majority is quoted as saying nothing, Kathy Tilton was saying is nothing is going to change in the coming year. 
um, because, uh, you know, because people are allowed to vote their conscience. Um, she said uh, in the Juno Empire, Tilton said afterwards she doesn't expect the majority coalition to change next day, uh, session despite the large number of defectors on the budget vote. She said, I think the majority will stay strong because everyone was allowed to vote how they felt they needed to vote. So SSDD, something, uh, same, same stuff, different day. Uh, it will be, this next session will be probably more like the first. Um, so what does that mean for, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I, I, I wish I had a crystal ball and could answer all those questions, but I think we probably should manage our expectations. Speaking of managing expectations and, um, not be too enthusiastic or positive about being a big change next session. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, a lot can happen in a few months. I guess we'll see if anything else changes. All right, folks, we're out of time. The Michael Duke Show draws to a close. Thanks for being with us. Be kind, love one another, live well. If you're up in the Fairbanks area, We'll be jumping into the Alaska Radio Auction in just a few minutes. You can find out more at alaskaradioauction.com. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Okay, my friends, appreciate you guys coming in. We got to, got to, got to go. We will see you tomorrow, unless you're sticking with me. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day. shed our terrestrial radio skin and now we are slimy lizard internet people it's the michael duke show